0: So the big question is, how do health experts like you generate more income, impact more people, and create businesses that work around their lifestyle and serve their family? If you want the answer to that question, then you're in the right place. Whether you're a dietitian, a nutritionist, or nutrition coach, this is for you. My name is Dr. Javier Carlin, and welcome to the Practice Revolution. We are a movement that is revolutionizing the way private practices are built so you can practice on your terms. Join us and follow along as we learn, apply, and share the top business growth strategies that we're using to grow our own business and to help you grow yours using only the best insights and advice from top industry leaders. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. What is going on, everyone? Hope you're doing absolutely amazing for all the new members that are in this community. Welcome to the business growth secrets for dietitians and nutrition coaches community. My name is Javier Carlin. I'm a physical therapist by trade. This is Marissa Carlin. She's, she's a registered dietitian and we are the co-founders of the practice revolution where we help dietitians and nutrition coaches to replace their income, break free from their nine to five and get to the point where they're making six figures in their practice and beyond. So if that's you, you're in the right place and just to let you know we have a very if you haven't noticed yet a very special guest uh, uh, for you tonight so what we're going to be diving into today is insurance 101 for private practice owners so if you are interested in learning more about how you can utilize insurance how you can go in network in network with insurance without the headaches without the overwhelm caroline here is gonna answer all your questions tonight about, about insurance, getting credentials, and so much more. So Caroline, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's a pleasure to have you here.
1: Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to chatting about this. It is such a hot topic, right? So many people have so many questions, you know, what's the insurance thing about, um, you know, other people are like, never take it. It's a nightmare. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, one of the dietitians I work with actually was like, Caroline, you know, there's a huge thing online about which ones do. And I'm like, Okay, well, here's the deal. So at least you know <laughs> and have explored it all the way to determine if this is something that would complement what else you're doing out there. Um, uh, As Javier said, I am Caroline Forinchel. I am a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and certified diabetic educator. You know all that stuff. I have extra initials <laughs> now with that one, so don't worry about it. But um, I started my private practice in 2013. Um, at that time, I had I did not take insurance, and it it was really before telehealth and all that right you know so I was trying to figure out how to generate um, you know income at that time to determine like okay I can't just sell nutrition and pay my bills at that time I didn't I didn't have that figured out yet. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, 10 years ago, it, lots changed. And even in the last couple since the pandemic. So yeah. at the time, you know, I was also a personal trainer. So I was like, okay, I'm going to sell fitness with nutrition packages. Mm-hmm. This, that's how I started, right? You got to start somewhere. And in doing that, it was great. You know, I met a lot of people. I did a lot of things, a lot of hustle, a lot of extra sweat. Um, but, you know, I thought, oh gosh, you know, the population that I love to serve isn't to the population that always has the extra cash. And so um, I am a diabetic educator. I love working with grandma. You know, and that kind of a thing. So for me, it was a no-brainer to not just become credentialed with insurance so that I could serve that population, but also to go ahead and get the accredited, you know, um, diabetes ed program through ADCES. So those were, you know, really the, the the trend that I wanted to go to. And so I did that for a long time. I added a dietitian at a time to help. You know, because we had a lot of people with diabetes ed. And before you knew it, um, I realized, you know, I feel like the best way to help people is to help the people that help the people. And so we ended up doing a lot more in support of other dieticians, occupational therapists, um, you know, PA or NPs. We have a couple RNs and even an MD on on the team. So from that standpoint where we are and how we look at um, kind of balancing our business model at this point is to say, hey, look, you know, yes, cash is king. (laughs) If you can get people to give you cash, you should do that.
0: <laughs> it, is, <laughs>
1: it is definitely easier, you know, and so but it's obviously one track. And, um, you know, as I continue to expand my, my practice, I realized we needed a balance. And so as we brought on um you know as we experimented with credentialing i'm going to tell you our horror story so that you don't do this but um we started just cold trying to figure it out on the internet by ourselves right and mm-hmm. so you go to the insurance company's website and you might call the rep and you you know fill out the application and then you wait i mean i definitely almost went out of business waiting for this, Because I wanted to take insurance, but it wasn't ready yet. But my business model was ahead of the credentialing process. It can be a, an arduous, um, unclear, and lengthy process. Okay, so knowing that, and recognizing that if you're already accepting cash, um, great, don't stop that. Okay. If you are looking for, you know, a way to balance your practice because of the population that you serve or because of some growth that you're having or whatever, or maybe you're seeing that, okay, you know, I need to prepare for, um, you know, uh, um, curve balls or life curve balls or even recession proof, right? Because of course insurance and having a foundation of accepting insurance can be useful there. So there's a couple ways you can utilize it as a safety net, Mm -hmm. but also recognizing like, we all know, and I'm sure Javier and Marissa talk about it all the time. It's like, you've got to live your passion, right? So if you are um, looking at this as a side hustle, be prepared and buckle up because it is a really tough side hustle to take to right. take insurance. So this is how we go. Um, <laughs> you know, what is the credentialing process all about? I am going to share my screen here a little bit Perfect. and I'll go back and forth here a bit. Okay.
0: Beautiful, so beautiful. the
1: first one I am going to pull up here. Caroline,
0: while, while you share that forever, everyone that's on live right now, just go ahead and let us know if you are live, put team live in the chat if you're watching the replay go ahead and put replay just so you know we want you to ask questions uh, caroline's going to be here with us tonight for about 25 30 minutes and so any questions that you have just start dropping those questions down below in the chat we'll spend the last five minutes getting those questions answered for you okay so make sure as those questions come up as caroline's showing you what she has pulled up get those questions in the chat and we'll get them all answered all right awesome floor is okay. yours
1: Thanks, guys. Okay, here I am at the first step. And I'll say not quite the first step. By the time you're here, you should have a business license. You should have an LLC or a PLLC. Okay, those two things are going to be really useful if you can get them knocked out at the beginning it's easier to do it that way first. So um, the business license is wherever you are collecting money at, you know, if, even if it's in your home or whatever, you might have one already. And you might already have your LLC or PLLC. You can Google that in the state you're in to determine how to do that. But it's a lot easier than most people would think. You can, of course, check with your um, you know accountant to, do, to double check that that's the strategy for you based on your situation. But um, after you do those things, come on over here to this website. Okay. This is the NPPES. It is run by the government. Okay. This is where you are um, registered um, as a provider who's uh, able to bill. RNs don't have this. Okay. So this is for providers who can bill. Um, uh, You'll create an account here and your purpose is to kick off is to get obtain your NPI one. This is easy. It's going to take you just a couple of minutes. This is the easiest thing you do. So don't get too, um, don't think that this is where it, it continues to be easy. It, it doesn't. After you get your NPI 2, um, one, which is your individual, you're going to get your NPI two, which actually is an employer NPI. That NPI, even though you're not an employer, the way that the verbiage is, if you accept some of our national payers, is going to suggest that you are an employer for yourself. I know, right? It's, so it gets kind of crazy and kooky that way. But this is the website where you go. You'll apply for your NPI one first. Usually within 24 hours, you get that number. Usually it's within an hour, and then you'll apply for your NPI two and that might take a couple of extra days. And that one we find do, they don't actually email it to you, you have gotta go back in and log on and get it yourself, okay? Once you have that number, uh, those two numbers, give yourself a pat on the back, you are getting there. But those were the easy ones. This is the next one. The, the next one that's a real bear is the C-A-Q-H. And I'm working around my, um, my screen here to show you the screen. This is your C A Q H ProView application. This is your next big step. Okay, this um, serves as a clearinghouse of information about you. So uh, once this is this is a four-hour project if you're organized. Okay, it's going to ask you everything about like you know who where'd you do your internship and things like that that you forgot. <laughs> you know you have to look these dates up. So this is a really big application. Once you do this, you're gonna have all the other information you need for all the other applications at your fingertips. So that's nice. The reason this exists is because after you complete every application at each of the um, insurance payers separately, they go back to this and check on it. I know it's redundant, but that's the way it works. So you have to (laughs) you have to fill this out and keep it accurate. This is where you're gonna upload your CDR card, you, you know, every year or whenever you get it. This is gonna be where you put your malpractice insurance, which I'm also going to talk about um, up here as well. Okay, so they are going to keep, uh, they'll, they'll be a steward of your documents and your information. You will have to go here every quarter and attest that the information is correct. And so it is quite lengthy, be prepared for that. Um, and so in this case, um, you know, after you have your NPI1, your NPI2, and your CAQH Completed. Um, we can talk about the malpractice insurance. Many dietitians. This is where it's just like I've had enough because there's so many different types of insurance. The ones that the insurance payers care about are not the, necessarily the ones that you would have. The type of insurance that you would have. Let's say if you were just a um, you know a consultant. You know, general business liability insurance is expensive. Usually, dietitians are coming back and they're saying, "Hey, look, we've got $500 or something like that that we have to spend on general um, business liability insurance," and that's not what the um, insurance companies need. They simply need a malpractice insurance. This should only be about 100 bucks. You know, I see people come in. Sometimes it's 80, sometimes it's 160, but it's somewhere in there depending on where you go. I shop them all. I think that the last one I looked at that was about um, 115, I think we just did one that was 115 was Lockton Affinity. But you are looking at malpractice insurance only if you've got like a state farm person or something that you've been working with and they've been taking great care of you and they're insisting on general liability insurance yeah they might be right down the road but you don't need that now wait till you have your practice going and that you're making money and then you're going to then maybe you need additional insurance based on what you're doing but for your applications you simply need malpractice insurance okay so um, be on the lookout for for that and be aware of those prices.
0: hope you're enjoying today's episode if you did not know we are turning these episodes into YouTube videos so if you are more of a visual person and you want to watch these videos you want to see what we're drawing you want to see our slides head over to YouTube. Our channel is Javier and Marissa the practice revolution, go ahead and check it out. Make sure you subscribe and leave us comments, ask us questions. We want to help you. We want to engage with you. We want to connect with you head over to our YouTube channel, subscribe and enjoy. Now back to the show.
1: Um, the other big thing that comes up and I'll just have my, my face here for a second is your location. Yes. You want to be in telehealth. I know. I want you to be in telehealth as well. It is not easy to be um, um, the way insurance is still credentialing people. They're going to look at that like that is a home based office. And you're going to run into some additional loopholes in getting yourself credentialed. If your office, your home office is the office that, that you're using for the credentialing purpose. And a lot of you are like, wait, no, I don't want to go pay rent somewhere. And I'm with you. We've got some hacks that are excellent in order to like help make sure that you don't have to like pay rent and have an office space and deal with that whole expense Um, because uh credentialing, you know, the insurance companies could easily come to your office to make sure that, you know, you're um they know how to reach you there, even if you're not actually there. Um, excuse me, or if you are, let's say, um, um providing a service actually in your house, and one of the the local dietitians uh went here to do it, she actually had to remodel her house to meet their standards, even though they um um, she wasn't actually planning on seeing very many people there, you know, so they still recommend or required her to have the, um, you know, the, the separate walkway as if she was maybe a, a, you know, physician or something like that. Right. Um, that they had to find out if her bathroom was going to be Okay. And she went that extra mile. Cause she was like, well, I'd like to see people at the house. And I was like, okay, good for you. But most people don't want people, <laughs> their patients at their house, you know, I sure. really don't recommend it at all. So in that case, we're looking at trying to figure out how to get a location. That's not your house without paying a bunch of money for it. And it's easy. You know why? Because there's a lot of therapists, traditional counselors out there. that are just like us. They actually don't even get paid as much as us. And they're out there and they're required to have a space too in most states and they are suffering too because they probably only see 20 or 25 patients a week you know and they have to pay rent for this whole other time that they don't use i i like to go and find a tr- traditional therapist a counselor an lpc or an um, lcsw who also is required to have that space, but doesn't want to spend a lot for it and just call him or her up and say, Hey, I'm a dietitian. You know, what if I paid you a hundred bucks a month just to be able to, you know, put my card out (laughs) in case anybody came and audited me here, um, because I want to have a physical location that's attached to my practice. And she might say, great. And you might say, great for for another hundred dollars. Can I see people here? And just in case you want to see someone locally, it, that combination is totally legit with the credentialing people. They already know that you meet the requirements. They already have that office in their database, probably. And so they're less likely to come out there. Not that it would be a problem because all they need to do when they see, they come is make sure that your name is somewhere, this could be a business card on her ledge. And it's like, oh yes, she's, she's got a presence here, you know, because you do, you do, you'll have also a new partner that might be a great referral partner. So um, th- that's that's my favorite way to do this. There's lots of other places to do it. We've got people in gyms. We've got people in, um, you know, lots of doctor's offices, obviously physical therapist studios, um, that we have um, somebody actually working at a um, lawyer's office. So there's lots of different, you know, who do you know that has a commercial space? And so there's lots of different places that, that can work, but you wanna make sure that you read through those contracts and understand what they're looking for. Okay. So that can be a little bit more of a headache, but it's easier than, I think it's easier than the CAQH. I couldn't find my dates anywhere um, <laughs> so <Yeah>. guess, <laughs> from that standpoint. Now we've got to figure out which insurance companies you want to use. Okay. So our insurance companies, we're going to start with our nationals. All right. This is the, these are our big national payers, our top five. So of course you've heard of Cigna You've heard of some sort of Blue Cross product. You've heard of Aetna. You've heard of United Healthcare, And you've heard of Medicare. Those are a big top five national payers. Some of you might be saying, well, what about Humana? Humana is not going to credential you because apparently um, they live in the dark ages. I don't know what I can say on my Facebook, but I would say focus on those top five. You're going to have the easiest time. So Blue Cross and Medicare are your biggest payers as far as volume for most Um, zip codes. You might say, I don't, don't, Caroline, I'm not like you. I don't want to work with, um, you know, grandma and, and help her with her diabetes. No problem. You don't have to get credentialed with Medicare. You can maybe stick with the top four. Medicare is a, is a good payer though. So if you happen to know how to really work with grandma, they're going to pay you for it. And it's, it's it's okay. It's okay. You've got to, deal with some um, referrals and things like that. There's some extra red tape, but they actually pay you pretty well. So, um, so anyway, I like the top five for um, credentialing purposes as a first line goal. Then you can figure out what are your next steps from a local situation. Is your state easy to work with, with Medicaid? This is gonna be really important for you if you wanna handle pediatric patients, you know, that's a big source of pediatric patients. if you wanna look at other local payers, there's often many of them. That does take a little bit of research, right? Because every um, regional or local payer is gonna be a little bit different. And in your market, that might be significant. In Southeast Virginia, where we are near Virginia Beach, we're out of Williamsburg, we are um, we have Optima. And that probably pays us about 15% of our overall um, revenue. So that's an important thing, consideration. Now, now let's talk about Blue Cross. And let's talk about the difference between taking someone like Blue Cross and taking um, uh, um, someone like Medicare. Blue Cross is going to give you a high volume in most places. Blue Cross is really specific to the state or region, you know, so they aren't, they aren't going to say like, oh, okay, well, you're credentialed, um, in uh, Virginia, let's go credential you in Arizona. This is actually a real example. They said, no, you know, how can you practice in both those states? And I'm like, because we're telehealth and they're like, yeah, I don't know. You know, you, it's, how are you going to get back and forth? And I'm like, mm. um, but they would accept us if we were Virginia, North Carolina, because it was close enough that they figured we could travel. And I'm like, we are telehealth. And they're like, yes, we know, but this is the way it works. And I'm like, okay, okay. So there are some weird things with Blue Cross. If you move around a little bit with the other insurance carriers, it's easier. So, um, United, Aetna, Cigna, those three are easier when you relocate a lot. Um, Medicare also is going to be more of a regional. So, let's say Upper Northwest or Southeast, you know, um, because there's a regional hub for each of the Medicare things. So, that's also um, notable. Now, Medicare is going to pay you maybe like, you know, two visits a year without an additional referral, you know, and you can get those additional referrals, but it's a lot, it's a more paperwork, right? More effort. Blue Cross is going to give you a high volume. I mean, most of the Blue Cross that we come across, it's going to give you unlimited visits without regard to deductible or copay for the year. You can get so much done with those patients for 50 weeks or 50 visits. I mean, that's a lot, right? If they came to you every week and just did a weigh in or self-reported or you did a telehealth, you can help them so much but they don't pay you. They don't pay you much. Most blue cross blue shield, unless you're in some States, New Jersey, Louisiana, there's a couple of other random ones because blue cross is very state specific. So if you are, um, you know, if you're, if you're in my neck of the woods, it's like, mm, okay, well, thank you so much for the volume, but the, the overall, uh, reimbursement is lower. So our initials would be like a hundred bucks, you know, and uh, for, and we got to keep it tight in an hour. And then we got our follow-ups as like seventy fives. So, you know, at some point when you build your practice big enough with, um, you know, reimbursement, you're going to say, okay, I'm going to probably cap you know, the amount of blue cross I can see because we have to make room for other higher payers, which is where Medicare comes in play, giving you like 128 bucks, depending on your region, you know, even for the follow-up. So that's a big $50 swing, right? So there's some pieces of the puzzle like that to connect. But if you're, let's say saying, Hey, look, I just need to make sure that I can like bring home 2000 bucks a month or something like that, no matter what the average person is only going to need about 10, you know, um, I'm sorry, uh, uh, that would be about uh, uh, 10 per week, okay? So it's not like a huge amount of your work needs to be set. In play with um, uh, insurance reimbursement, you can still run programs. You can still do, you know, other cool things with your practice. You can you can speak. You can write. You can you know get out there and do some consulting work. You can have a W two even on the site. Sometimes having just a base of um, private practice or um, um, reimbursement can really work. Um, if you only needed ten a week, for example. They'll just find you through the insurance companies. You don't have to build a big private practice through that. You know, they'll just look and see who's covered and they'll they'll come to you and then you can build by reputation that way. So you can see that it's like, man, there's a lot of work involved. We didn't even get to the billing piece on this. But dang, getting credentialed and getting um, choosing insurance companies, you know, um, can be a little, a little difficult. As you can see, there's a lot of steps to that puzzle. Um, at Elwell, that's one of the things that we do. We, um, actually do practice support services for dietitians specifically. We also have OT, PT, NP, and an MD. Um, and from, but from that standpoint, if you want some to outsource this whole thing, we'll do it for you. You know, um, not to say you can't do it yourself. You can, I will just say like, you don't expect to have it done by summer, you know, it's going to take you a little longer um, in order to do that. So anyway, just letting you know that uh, resources exist. We're here to help. You can totally do it on your own. And there's lots of resources out there for you. If you um, want to get a hold of me and try to figure out uh, if this is something that you would like us to help you with, then please give us a give us a little call, you know, so um, you can reach me on email, you can go to our homepage here. This is lwell.com, and just click the join lwell here to learn a little bit more about what we do. Um, So we've got a little video and those types of things. We are in it to support providers. And so let us know if we can support you.
0: Beautiful. I love that. So such great information. Um, So so for anyone, if you're just jumping on or if you've been on, you have some questions for Caroline, please put them down below and we have a few minutes to get those answered uh with with that said so so can you tell us more about like what is the what is the actual service that you're providing for people who want to go and network with with insurance but don't want to do it themselves like what does that process entail
1: Oh, okay. So step one, we're, gonna, <laughs> we're going to set you up um, with our um, uh, coordinator. Uh, he is actually going to take you through the list of items that we need in order to get this done, we're gonna have you fill out sort of a short application so that we can do your CAQH for you. Um, We can get the rest of the information off of little things like your resume and stuff like that. And we'll fill in the blanks for for you and and be in touch with that. Um, But we'll send you out with a laundry list of specifics about like what you need to retrieve. Then what um, he will do is he'll make sure everything is correct. He'll send it to our credentialing manager. And then she will also make sure everything is correct. She'll go through every page of your CAQH and make sure it's correct. And then she will um, uh, complete that and then begin each application for you. She actually does it all in one day. And that way, yes. And so then every three or four weeks after that, she's able to call and follow up and um, and figure out where we are. It does not take a short period of time. It's going to take several months. So that's another thing to to monitor.
0: That's a, that's amazing though. I mean, I mean, I'm all about paying for speed and having other people help us with things because, um, you know, it can take, like you said, it can, it can take months and it could take, you know, quite a bit of time for even even for someone to do it for you. Imagine trying to figure it out on your own. And I think so so many newer uh, private practice owners they are they already. Uh, are sometimes a little bit slow to start because there's so much unknown out there. And so if we could remove this unknown from the process, you know, everyone watching here that's considering going, going to network with insurance, you can get, you can start that much faster, that much sooner. Uh, so I love it. Speed is the way to go, right? You know, I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> For sure.
2: Yes, yeah, we actually have a couple of questions. Um, first question was, uh, could you just repeat the top five?
1: Oh yes, sure. So we've got Aetna, Cigna, United Healthcare, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and Medicare. Those are the top five. Um, Humana is the other big national payer, but they just don't touch us.
2: Okay, perfect, thank you. And then we have another question. This question's from Janet. She says, if you have a -A CAQH, if you worked under a company, and now want to have your own private practice, do you need to fill out new paperwork?
1: Okay, fantastic question. Because most people, I mean, a lot of people have a CAQH and they don't know about it because their healthcare system did it for them. So what you can do is call CAQH. That's your information. That's your CAQH. You can take that back and that is gonna be under your control. They're actually surprisingly easy to work with. You do have to call them. They're gonna ask you to verify your, um, that you are you, who you say you are like 15 times, so have everything candy. But you can take control mm-hmm. back of your CAQH and, um, and then go in and modify it as if it was you know always yours.
2: Awesome, awesome. All right, we got uh, two more questions that just rolled in. We got a question from Beck. She says, do you know if there are still challenges getting credential in Florida? A few years ago, I was told the top companies weren't accepting new providers, or they didn't have MNT benefits.
1: Yeah, Florida's a rough state. What we have found, um, so no, I, I think that Florida is is not doing well with this yet. They don't have it together. But, and same with Colorado. Colorado, the reimbursement is really, really remarkably low. So there's a couple of pockets that aren't cool. But for our Florida people, I'd say, hey, look, you know, there's some dietitian deserts out there where we really need dietitians to be helping the people that, that, that live there, you know, for example, like, I mean, gosh, Atlanta, you're so close in Georgia. It's East coast time. That's easy. That's easier. You know, can you get set up while living in Florida and be a Georgia dietitian? Yes, you can. Okay. So I would say starting a telehealth practice in a, in a, um, in a, um, in an area like that is going to be more fruitful for you. I would say, Um, unlike doing, um, cash pay, you're really going to be kind of honed in on that geographic area. So I would just say, choose wisely. Do you have family somewhere, you know, those types of things, but Florida, Florida is not working great for, um, MNT reimbursement or dietitian credentialing at this time.
2: Awesome. Great, great insight on that. All right. Uh, more questions. We got one from Elizabeth. She says under the requirements for blue cross credentialing, specifically looking at Louisiana. There's a requirement for a Medicare Advantage number. Does that mean that I need to get credentialed through Medicare first before I apply for Blue Cross?
1: I don't think that that's a requirement. So we do have Louisiana dietitians that don't have a Medicare number. Um, So I don't think that it's a requirement. I'm not sure um, what you're looking at there, but um, you know, good for you. That's a great state to be reimbursed for by Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, If you do get, um, uh, if you do find that, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, I just credentialed this person like a month ago and didn't need this number. But if you, um, if things have changed in 2023, like as of 11 days ago or something, things change. Um, I would say like you would just have to go to Novitas, which is the Medicare provider for Louisiana.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Hey, um, Caroline, I know, I know we said we were going to stop at 630. We do have a few more questions. Do you have a bit more time or are we? Uh, absolutely. Let's yeah. go. Okay. Okay. Perfect.
2: All right. We got two from Jacqueline. The first one is why is there a difference in time when you do it yourself or when you apply through a company?
1: It's just, I mean, when I went through it, it probably took me a year and a half because it's so unclear. Each of the different companies has like a different way they go about it. You know, for example, like we say we do it all in one day for, you know, and we do like, let's say if we're doing Cigna, we have to like apply to apply you know, at Cigna, but you can go straight through, you know, like, let's say on something like United. So, um, you know, Cigna can turn it around faster. So that's great. But each individual insurance company is, um, doing it differently and it can be confusing, especially if you want to take, um, you know, Medicare, I feel like that was probably the most confusing one, but I mean, really, you know, yeah, the top four are probably a bit easier, but I, I would just say like, be prepared for weird things to happen. And then um, most people, when they ask you for a specific piece of extra information or something like that, then you might scramble for a a couple of weeks. You don't know what they're talking about. You have to ask them, you have to call, they have to get back to you. And so there's just a lot of backs and forths. And so I think that that's probably the biggest reason.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know, um, before before we get to the next questions, I I had a thought that came up because you've mentioned this a couple of times. You know, the, the process either way can take is is lengthy. Obviously, with working with you and having someone to do, do it for you, it can shorten that uh, quite a bit. But at the same time, for all of you that are wanting to go and network with insurance, right? Because it still can take, you know, whether it's a, a few months uh, or I don't know if it can take up to a year. But but in the meantime, right, you can still start working on building the foundations of other. Aspects of your practice, whether it's the marketing, right? Putting yourself out there, being able to take those cash pay clients, uh, figuring out the process that you're taking your people through. Like there's so many things that you could still be doing in the meantime. That the last thing I want for every single one of you is to delay on all the foundations you can be putting down while waiting for this to happen, because you just never know how long it can take. And so I wouldn't use that as an excuse not to start now, you know, have that in working in the background, but start helping people today, because there is no time like the present. So just wanted to give everyone a reminder on that. <laughs>
2: yes, yes. And, and I think you mentioned it earlier. And I believe you said you mentioned it earlier as well, but you can definitely do a combination of, combination of insurance and cash pay. It's not that one is better than the other. They're both great. You're going to get clients' results with both of them, and you can absolutely do both. But in the meantime, start with cash if you're getting started and get your insurance stuff rolling in the background. And then when you, when you get your insurance, then you have the option to do both.
1: Yes, I absolutely will add to that and say, you know, if you're talking about trying to get to six figures, you know, and you're trying to do private practice um, for um, insurance reimbursement you know, there's just not enough hours in the day, you know? Um, and so I would say like, you know, you're, you're looking at reimbursement of about, you know, about $112 an hour or something like that, but, you know, you're going to get burnout out when on want to one-on-one all day long to a hundred thousand, you know? So I would just say like, it's a nice foundation. It's a nice base. Um, you know, definitely encourage the dietitians that we work with to, you know, um, create their own programs to try to get, you know, um, um a nice balance, uh, uh, of different revenue streams you know that's the way to kind of really find i think your 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 path over time and of course if, if insurance changes you have cash or if you know the recession comes then you have insurance you know it's nice to have a balance
2: 100 percent, absolutely all right we got more questions uh jacqueline says what is the main difference between applying as a company versus individually
1: oh um if you are applying for a company as your npi2 versus your NPI one, or um, I'm not sure if she's asking me that question, but I'll answer that. Um, I just let someone name my Naomi and I'm not sure who that is. Um, So anyway, from that standpoint, um, if you're getting your NPI one, then your NPI one is just for the individual. And so you will need that for all of them. If you are looking at your NPI two, this is your company. So whatever you did your LLC, um, they will need your employer identification number on your IRS letter um, that that says, hey, look, you're you're an employer. Even though you're not an employer, you're an employee to yourself. Oh, it's really annoying, but that's the way they do it. Okay. So yes, you do need an NPI too. Um now, not all the insurance companies uh, will require it. Most of the time, Blue Cross does, but again, it's state specific. If you are doing uh, Medicare, they're absolutely gonna require it. Um I, I don't think United Cigna or um or Aetna need it, but those are probably lower um on the totem pole because they aren't necessarily that's probably gonna be an accumulated 20% tops of um your overall revenue. So you'll probably need it.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, So we got a follow up question from Beck. Beck was the one who was asking about um, challenges with getting credential in Florida. And so um, Beck was asking, can I get a license in a different state, for example, Pennsylvania, where my family lives, and use that address as a workaround? So use PA, but still live in Florida?
1: Yeah, Beck, you got this together. You know exactly. what. You're doing. That's a great market up there. You know, there's a lot of volume. There's a lot of people. Yes, Beck from Pennsylvania. Get, get it, girl. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> so last question here, yeah. and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, so Kimberly's asking, is telehealth still being reimbursed for all companies? Do you see this ending soon?
1: I have no fear about telehealth. There are differences in some states about if you're going to get of the um, contracted rate. This is called, this goes to parity laws. Parity is like, hey, look, are you able to um, get the same amount on telehealth as this? So some of the states that don't have them, you could get gypped. You'd really have to look and make sure that you have, um, you know, um, so double check parity law in your state. Um, Louisiana has 75% max or um, uh, uh, minimum. So they'll do 75% of the contracted rate over telehealth. So it's more advantageous to be in person again there, right? In Virginia, we don't have that. And so I feel like, oh, okay, well, you know, um, they're paying us the same rate, you know, type of a thing. Um, Aetna last year decided to stop paying telehealth for like two or three months. And we were like, what? You have to tell us first, it was a big mess. Okay, so this is like insurance does what they want. Um, And so then they sent us an apology letter this wasn't just me. This was everybody. They sent wow. us an apology letter, and they say our members demand uh, telehealth, and so um, and they back paid us for our for the stuff that they hadn't paid us for yet. So you know, I think that that was that was where I felt like we got this, guys. It's not going anyway because their subscribers, their members, raised such a fuss, not just over dietitians, but all over all of medical to say, hey, look, we need telehealth. One hundred
2: percent.
0: Yeah, that's so so good to hear. Awesome. Well, this was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for uh, coming in here and providing so much value to the community. Everyone, give uh, Caroline a huge thank you in the chat. Thank
2: you, Caroline.
0: Thank you round applause. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well. Everyone, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. I hope you have a great rest of your evening. And uh, we're going to go ahead and, and invite you to our group. So uh, she might be in the group. If you have any questions, just post them in this in this live chat and she may be able to get in there and answer those questions for you. Um, awesome. So Caroline, last thing, where can people find out uh, more about you and your services? What's what's the, uh, your website?
1: Oh, yep. Sure. You can find me at lwell.com com, L W E L L.com. Um, look for the green and then you can click right here and or for providers, um, and join lwell. not that you're joining us, but that we may work for you. And so, um, allow, uh, um, yeah, just check us out there.
0: Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, have
2: a awesome. great night. Thank you so much, Caroline.
0: We'll see you all Thanks, soon. Man. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I know your time is super valuable and I know that you're here to learn how to grow a successful practice. So I have something special just for you. If you're a health expert who is in business or is aspiring to be, and you're curious about how to grow a profitable, impactful business, you're going to want to pay attention because as a listener of this show, we want you to win. So we've created a bundle of resources exclusively for the listeners of The Practice Revolution. These resources are worth $7,000, so stick with me here. If you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you're ready to implement what's already proven to work, rather than reinventing the wheel, you're going to want to send us a private message on Instagram, at The Practice Revolution. And simply let us know that you listen to our podcast and we'll personally hand over $7,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching that is available only for listeners of this show. So, if you want to know how to increase your income, impact more people, and build a practice that works for the lifestyle that you want and that serves your family at the highest possible level, go ahead, send us a private message on Instagram at The Practice Revolution right now so you can win big in your practice and in your life. See you soon.